So a solid financial plan is based on a vision. Now, Adirondack chairs seem to be popular way to rest and take contemplation. So this lady is looking out and she's thinking about her financial future. There's empty chairs next to her. So put yourself on that chair. This summer, I'd like to see all of you sitting in a chair and thinking about what's your vision for your financial future. Who's in the picture? Did they just go off to get a glass of wine? Is there a spouse there? Are they friends? Is there family members, right? What's your vision? A financial plan should not be just about investments. It should be based and centered on your personal vision. If you're working with someone or an advisor and you're not talking about your vision, that's not what should be happening. And it should be based on a repeatable process. So you all come here to talk about best practices. As financial planners, we have a process of how we construct a financial plan with people. This is an actual plan. So put yourself in the middle, the planning process gold standard. That's what it's called. So you start at the top and you kind of decide, are you going to work with an advisor? Are you just going to work with yourself? And that's OK. Who's going to be on the team? Is it going to be, are you going to have a tax person on the team? Are you going to have an estate attorney on the team? A benefits person, an insurance person? And who's coordinating that team? Should be you at the center, yourself, or yourself with an advisor. Who's going to help coordinate that? The next step is gathering data. I think this is the most crucial step. Most people really appreciate the process of gathering up all their financial data. So what should be included in that data? And what are the assumptions that I'm going on when I'm thinking about a plan? So we'll talk about the assumptions and we'll talk about the data. What is the cost of living? What's the cost of living? What do you think it should be included? You know, if you, you make a plan now, you retire and you're 60 and you live till you're 90, what, what's going to be the cost of living increase? About 3%. So in about 20 years, it's going to cost you double of what it would have cost when you started off. You got to keep that in mind. What about the cost of medical care? How quickly is that going up? 5%. Consider that, right? That's usually uh, number one worry for people. Longevity. How long are you going to live? When we do our planning, we do planning to age 95 for men to 93. Now, I had an interesting scenario happen where a, a client came in and she said, you know, I really want, want to work with you, but I'd like to check out, I use this financial planning software and it shows that I'm never going to run out of money and I can retire at age 62. She said, but I thought I should really check it out before my husband retires. He was 64. So we looked at it. Oh, yeah, it looked 100% probability that she wouldn't run out of money and it last her whole life. I said, there's something wrong with this. Let me just put it into my software and put in my assumptions. It showed her only a 60% probability of success. Why was that? So we tried to take it apart. So we called the company and we found out that it was using the mortality tables. So it was using like 82 and 86. Now her mom had just passed away and she was in her late 90s. So you got to consider your own family longevity and you got to make sure you understand the underlying assumptions of what you're thinking about. Certainly you got to think about your family structure, who's dependent on you, do you have older family members that are going to be dependent on you and what's going to be the impact to your plan, what's the impact to your children or your grandchildren on your planning. Obviously, investment risk and tolerances is a part of that in the assumptions. But let's look at data quick here. What should be included? Usually what comes to mind are investment statements. That's the first thing that comes to mind. So what we notice is that typically when people start to think about planning, they come with a, they say, oh, I have got this 10,000 over here, I got 15 over here. 
And they start to, we say, well, what's, how did you invest them? Well, they invested them in a certain way 15 years ago. It's not all working together. It's not all consolidated. It's not all focused. So trying to get a handle on those statements, I think, is important. Social Security, if you don't get the Social Security statement, you should get online to mysocialsecurity.gov and get through the, the questions you have to answer in order to see your statements. You should know what your spouse or significant other's statements look like. Some people don't share it, but I think it's important, right? It's all in one package. So what else do you have to do? Gather your expenses, the fun part, all the budget stuff. But you guys are good at that, right? Putting together your own budgets. And thinking about your lifestyle needs. And some people will say, well, hey, you only need 80% of the money that you are used to at retirement. But don't people usually spend a little more money at first? with something, traveling, house projects, that kind of thing. So you gotta build that into your plan. Unexpected needs, you should always have some kind of an emergency fund. And then maybe an emergency fund for family members. It's good to evaluate your risks and protections. Taking a look at Medicare, what are your healthcare costs gonna be? Um, do you have a long-term care plan? So if it's not a policy, what is your plan? What do you think about for that? Most people end up needing some kind of care at some point in their life. Often what also happens is maybe you're in retirement and your parents still need some care. Things we often overlook is what about homeowners insurance and umbrella insurance? And then certainly Josh would say we want to review the trust, the wills, the healthcare proxies and all of that. It's, that's a fundamental part of every plan. Okay, so we gathered all that up, we have our assumptions and now we have to analyze this. We, put, we analyze all this together and we focus on, does all these resources match up with you attaining your goals? And we come and say, okay, this is the plan that we're considering, but now let's, let's test this plan. Let's put some stress on it. What happens if the market goes up for a certain amount of years and then just before you retire goes down? What other stresses? Like if you became disabled or if there is a long-term care event, not to get grim. So we do that kind of Monte Carlo where we stress test the plan. Then you got to implement the plan, right? Implement the plan would be the next, next thing in there. And you got to live. So is it just static though? Do you think it just goes around and that's it? No. Life throws new things at you all the time. So your plan should be a living plan, an active plan, one in which your advisor and your team is engaged with you, adjusting it along the way. It should not be a set it and forget it type of plan. So I kind of said all this already about we do cash flow analysis, probability of success projections, implement. Am I committed? That's the other thing. If you're going to have a plan, you've got to commit to a plan. You have to be engaged. You have to be committed. So what am I trying to achieve? Define your hopes and dreams. I'd like to see all of you out on that rock looking out over the water or the stream thinking about your future this summer. Start at the beginning, sometimes it's just one bite at a time, gathering up all the data and identifying all your contribution sources, all the resources available to you, prioritize them, short term and long term, and memorialize it in some way, even if it's a short written note, to just to start to say, what is this going to look like for me? And talk about it. So bring it out of the denial into, into the light.